San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB, you can hear this show as it airs on any device. And, of course, all these podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com and um, also at the KFMB website as well and iTunes on Apple, if you get that. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour, your CPA extraordinaire, accomplished marathon runner, best-selling author, lecturer, philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm great, Joe. I'm out of breath. I sprinted over here from AMC Theaters where I saw the for press only we, preview. So. You were there for most of it. Yeah. Of The Battle of the Sexes, the right. new movie about Billy Jean, King, Billie Jean Bobby. King, Bobby Riggs, Emma Stone starring as Billie Jean King, and Steve Carell as Bobby Riggs. And we're right. going to be talking more about that movie on some shows later actually this month. the next week and then the week thereafter we're going to devote the whole show the whole to show. it because it does exactly. premiere in san diego september 29th but that is correct but enough about that we've got a lot of show i just wanted to mention one other item and we have also a guest on the phone waiting to hear to talk with us but a uh, legendary singer songwriter and peace activist peter yarrow of peter paul and mary you remember puff the magic dragon right richard puff oh, <laughs> I won't sing it. go ahead of their fame uh, he's performing a benefit concert in san diego on sunday september 17 at san diego's unity center to benefit Tariq Kamisa's foundation and its uh, violence prevention efforts so hundred uh, percent thanks to peter uh, peter's generosity hundred percent of all the proceeds are going to go to benefit the tkf safe schools model programs and tickets are limited and uh, for this one time experience children under 12 attend free with an adult to buy tickets just visit the tkf.org uh, website uh, as soon as possible and my daughter demi's <clears throat> third grade teacher would always start crying when she would make the kids sing that song in school really yeah wow. she'd always start crying anyway but Mrs. on the Campbell. phone all right. Tonight's special guest, folks, uh, we're a couple minutes to the break, but we can at least do a little introduction here. This gentleman is a, a healthcare innovator and visionary. He was a, originally a pharmacologist and went on to become an osteopath, and we're going to get all that information, but uh, very honored, very esteemed. I can go over, we'll go over his credentials a little bit when we get into the show, but I want to at least uh, get, get, let you hear his voice. Uh, Dr. Saul Lisa Brown, welcome to our show. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, and, you uh, thought you were never going to get yeah, on, thanks, huh? yeah. yeah. And thanks for your patience. We, well, we have a full, you know, the, the three more full segments to, to do with that. But um, Saul is originally hails from a uh, uh, Philadelphia area, right? Right, exactly. And um, let's see. So we got about a minute. Maybe get a step, uh, born and raised where? Outside of Philly? Or? Outside of Philadelphia in a uh, suburb called Cheltenham, Pennsylvania. Okay. And then grade school, high school, all in that area? All there. And then well, as far as university training? I went to Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine and Surgery. Uh, prior to that, I uh, went. I became a pharmacist before becoming a physician. Right. So where did you study for that? Was that? That was in New York. Okay. How about that, Richard? That's an interesting path to, to the medical profession. It is. I don't know. How many, pharmacolo- how many pharmacists become a well, You'd be surprised. There's a decent number. It's not that often, but it's a great background for, mm-hmm. the, for the medical school. You know, sure. You already come in knowing all the medications and the pharmaceutical background. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's very interesting. Anyway, we, I got to meet um, Sal at an event. We'll talk about it when we come back from a break. We'll be back, we're back with Dr. Sal Lisa Bram right after this. Hang on.
All right, we took a breath. We're back with Dr. Saul Lieserbram. I like the uh, Bob Newhart music, by the way, Justin. <laughs> good choice. <laughs> so, Saul, you started as a pharma- pharmacist. You, uh, you, be- you studied then to become an osteopath. How does that differ from uh, the typical MD? Uh, the osteopathic medicine uh, has the same training as an MD with the additional training of spinal manipulation. Mm. There is a focus on family practice, mm-hmm. although... DOs have uh, all the specialties that MDs have, and they work side by side in all hospitals and facilities. Uh, but there is this uh, holistic approach to the, to the person, that. Uh, taking the entire person into consideration and not just looking at an individual organ. Right. Uh, and the, the training is uh, very hands on. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, with uh, emphasis. Uh, on spinal manipulation. Naturally, if you're a if you're a DO psychiatrist, there you don't do a lot of manipulation, mm-hmm. or maybe an anesthesiologist or radiologist. But uh, but yeah, there is an integration of the two of the two disciplines. Mm-hmm. Are you also trained to do surgery? Absolutely, sure. Okay. We're fully licensed physicians and okay. surgeons, mm-hmm. and uh, some of my training was uh, in Philadelphia University of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and and uh, we shared. Uh, uh, professors and laboratories, and so it's a, uh, it's uh, a great profession. Well, the thing I like is that when you say holistic, I mean, how many doctors ask their patient, you know, what's your diet like? Uh, how much exercise are you getting? Uh, how much get, stress do you have in your life? Right, and how are you managing your stress? And things, oh, you're supposed to manage it. Things, uh, yes. <laughs> well, I just heard a big lecture. We had Dr. Krista Royball on. We'll yes. To get her back. Are you familiar with her yes. at all? Mm-hmm. I mean, she, you, she's got a, a whole. She gave this t- talk for the first time to a group of twelve yesterday, and I want to talk about holistic training. And um, but uh, yeah, you know, she gets into your, your your physical fitness and and all these things. It helps to emp- empower you again. And I, I think DOs would probably uh, appreciate that. Right. Kind of so it, now it's called integrative medicine. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's the newer term. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as a uh, physician's DOs, they uh, DOs are fully licensed in uh, uh, practicing physicians and surgeons. But again, they have this additional training. And you, you're trained to think uh, about the patient. So if a patient comes in with uh, ulcer disease, instead of just giving them uh, medication for the ulcer disease, maybe there's an there's an, uh, an underlying reason for that ulcer mm-hmm. that also should be treated. So you don't disregard the ulcer, you treat it, but try to find out the etiology, the origin of it. There's something be different between the cure and the healing, right? I mean, that's a, whether you can get cured, but are you healed? We don't know. Then you might have a re- recurrence. But, Sal, but, you, but, you but, were I, Well, I was curious, where did your interest come from in doing that? Was it because as a pharmacist you were just used to prescribing medication for symptoms or... No, well, that's a good question, actually. No, um, uh, our family physician in Philadelphia was a, a DO, mm. um, and uh, there's a very well-known school in Philadelphia. There's schools all over in California, all over the country that uh, are osteopathic, that graduate osteopathic physicians and surgeons, and um, uh, that that person had a uh, influence on on my on myself and my brother Sam, who lives in Philadelphia. Mm is also a DO. So, mm. and there's many, as a result, there's many DOs in the family. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, uh, yeah. we do have some DO, uh, some MDs, but you know, uh, we have uh, many more DOs in the family. Yeah. Usually there's a, 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 a person has a pivotal influence on us. It takes us in a, a career path, right? Exactly. I know Dr. Royball said she watched the Bill Moyers uh, healing in the mind series back in the early nineties and it changed her life and it changed her dir- direction. So, 
But where'd you get the the interest in high tech? Because you were on the front edge of this. I mean, the mid '90s, uh, mo- most people didn't even have computers yet, or weren't weren't using them the way we use them now. And uh, so something must have inspired you to to get into the to the high tech field. Well, um, yes. So what happened is myself and my two partners, uh, Seth Flam and Jonathan Flam. Seth is also a a physician, and we practiced together, and we just saw a need in the community, not only our community, but in the healthcare community, where uh, there was so many transactions that were being done electronically. And I'll just give you one example, and that's uh, checking a patient's eligibility with the insurance company. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the uh, the 80s, in order to check a patient's uh, eligibility, um, uh, you'd have to call the insurance company or the, your office manager would call the insurance company, put on hold, wait, 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 and then ask, is Mrs. Jones covered and what's the deductible? And what? It, mm. it, it didn't make sense when you can go to an ATM mm-hmm. and in 15 seconds get cash. Yeah. Because they, the ATM knew you were eligible to get cash. Yeah. But <laughs> in the insurance company, you would have to call and wait and wait and wait. And if you're seeing... 30 patients a day, you have a full-time person doing that. So myself and and my two partners, we sat down and we said, you know, there's got to be a better way. And we looked at the ATM model and we we figured out there's, uh, we were not technicians, but we knew how to hire technicians. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, that's how we started a company to initially just do eligibility and then it grew from there. This was in the 1990s? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Sully is around. He's co-founder and chairman of the board of Health Fusion. That's what the name of the company was. And it was a web-based cloud computing software for physicians, hospitals, medical billing services. I guess it got adopted uh, across the country in many respects, right? Exactly. We, we, uh, we, we expanded our, our products and our services into uh, electronic medical records. Mm. And uh, we wanted to make it uh, very simple uh, for the physician to operate and... Uh, we thought that moving around a computer from treatment room to treatment room uh, wouldn't work, so uh, we decided to be in the cloud. We didn't know we were in the cloud at those <laughs> days, but it ended up that we were in the cloud. It was all internet-based, and, and then sure enough, this, this product came out called the iPad, mm. and uh, we ended up being the first electronic medical records used uh, native to the iPad, yeah. and so that's... That gave it a big boost. Is, is, is that company what brought you to the West Coast, or, or how did you get from the East Coast out here to San Diego? Yeah, well, this is how I got here. I was in medical school, and while you're in medical school, you have to take um, rotations in different specialty mm-hmm. areas, and I needed to do a uh, rotation for eight weeks in surgery, and it was the middle of winter in Philadelphia. <laughs> I had my choice of Erie, Pennsylvania, or San Diego, California. <laughs> Let's think about that, that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was a very tough choice. But, <laughs> but my wife, uh, Lauren, who was originally from Brooklyn, uh-huh. and we said, well, why don't we go to this place called San Diego? <laughs> so we came out, and believe it or not, we stayed in La Jolla. At, I can't remember the name of the uh, hotel. It's still there. It's like the only high-rise hotel in La Jolla. Okay. The, the village down in the village? Right near in the village. The Colonial Inn or La Valencia? No. Oh, the Summer House Inn. Summer House. Summer House. Yeah. That's Summer, House, Summer House Inn. Yeah. Wow. So we stayed there for $18 a night. That, in, <laughs> that included continental breakfast on right. the top floor. And you had the ocean view. Too. Ocean view, $18 a night. Which is and now the Hotel La Jolla, by the way. Now, right, yeah. exactly. So 
uh, we did our, uh, I did my surgery rotation here, and then we went back and told our families that See we're later. moving <laughs> to this place called San Diego when I finished my training, and that was it. What year was that, Sal? That was 90. That was 1978. 78. Okay. Wow. How about that? So almost 40 years, almost. Yep, exactly. How about that? Um, anyway, the, your, your, your company became very huge. You know, um, I was thinking about uh, H. Ross Perot. I guess he made it big kind of in government building for, uh, I guess, medical related. But um, as Yeah, well. that was a little bit different uh, in some respects. Uh, we focused on um, building a technology that could be used in, as we call it, the onesie-twosie doctor offices. Yeah. Many companies built technology for Cleveland Clinic yeah, or these huge institution, institutions. Yeah. Uh, we were focused on the onesie-twosie because they were sort of left out sure. at the early parts of healthcare IT. Uh, because they needed, they needed the efficiency more than anybody. They right? needed the efficiency, but the cost was so uh, outrageous yeah. to put in this uh, server units and have people managing the, mm -hmm. the systems. So we decided to do it all by Remote. internet. Sure, and uh, that was the know, cloud. Yeah, that was the <laughs> cloud. You buy you buy an iPad and uh, you subscribe to our service, and you're in business. Yeah. Did, did they tend to be early adopters, or did it take some selling and marketing to? Well, there were early adopters, and then the uh, the, the there was an incentive program okay. that came out uh, uh, from the U.S. government mm -hmm. under uh, the Obama administration, mm -hmm. and. Um, that really helped spur it because the doctors that adopted the technology got rebates. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Saul has some uh, good contacts in Sacramento with the, with the governors, and we'll get into that uh, as well. So, But we're coming up on our break right now. I guess we have to take another break. We'll be back with Dr. Saul Lieser-Brown and all about this high-tech information and his life and career. Hang on. All right, we're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is a time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to our sponsors. We, of course, could not do the show without them. At the top of the list, UBS with Michael Caronta. Mike, I got your text. I'm busy doing radio. I'll get back to you. But anyway, UBS, big thank you. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet. We love CPAs so much. We've got two groups of them. We've got Signature Analytics with Jason Kruger, a great CFO service company, and as well, a more traditional CPA firm, tax returns, financial statements, and such. That would be Polito Epic CPAs up in San Marcos, California. Also, our dear friend Joel Grushkin with Cost Segregation Initiatives. Joel helps real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, all this money that our sponsors make for you, why don't you deposit it at Mechanics Bank? San Diego Regional Office, of course, is headed up by Sean Puckett, a great niche market bank serving wealthy families, families that own businesses, and in particular, businesses in the real estate space. Also, employee benefits, they're on our roster too, Hub International. Boy, you talk about an area that's topsy-turvy. Hub International, those are great employee benefits firm. And who knows where that's going to go, so Hub International can help you sort of navigate all this uncertainty. Also, my great friend, Tony Lombardi with the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Also, fairly recent guest, Paul Hines. Paul, of course, is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management and is a catalyst behind SeniorSafeAndSound.org, an initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial abuse of the elderly. Also, Michelle St. Clair, Elite Lifestyle Management, a great concierge company, helping those of us who have no time get things done. And by the way, Joe, we owe a big thank you to Michelle for your ticket to the premiere of The Battle of the Sexes in Los Angeles because I couldn't have gotten that one without her help 
They only gave me one. So that shows you how highly I rate in the eyes of Fox Studios. And then, of course, Brenda Geiger with Geiger Law Office. Brenda and her great team of attorneys specialize in asset protection and estate planning. Again, Geiger Law Office. Now, I know a lot of you aficionados of our show, you skipped dinner just to listen. Now, if you're getting hungry, we can help you there too, right, Joe? Absolutely. There's a very good food foundation headed up by Michelle Ciccarelli Lirac with their great uh, foodie and sustainability programs throughout the year, including the shows they do with us. And uh, also Lestat's Coffee Houses, uh, University Heights, Normal Heights, and the new one on University Avenue, all open 24-7, 365 with great food, coffee, and people watching. And uh, I know uh, many of these sponsors have been working with you, Richard, for many years with great success, right? Going on 30 years in some cases. Yeah, I started doing this when I was 13. Nice. Yeah, right. Also, <laughs> if you get over to iymoney.com, that's our website. There's a sponsor tab across the top of the page there. In the drop-down menu, you can learn about any or all of our sponsors and get more information and uh, consult with them if you need any of their help. Or become a sponsor yes, with our media kit. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're all great. In any case, let's get back with our guest, Dr. Sal Bram. He's got some phenomenal credentials in addition to what we were just talking but about. But, Joe, you never told the story. How did you guys meet? Because I don't know this. Oh, we met at uh, – Saul was hosting a fundraiser for our, hopefully our new governor, our Lieutenant, sure. Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom, yeah. And I was lucky enough to get invited, and I'm always uh, on the lookout for great new guests, and uh, Saul is certainly in that category. So that's how we met. Um, he has been appointed to many commissions and positions by past governors, but um, m- more recently, this one you're going to love, Richard. Uh, Saul was a trustee to the U.S. Olympic Committee. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. What year was that, Saul? Was, was that with the Winter Olympics, Summer Olympics? Or, uh... Actually, it was in the Chula Vista Training Center. Sure. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Been yeah. there? When they first started uh, uh, the concept and they needed some... Uh, some local support and also some push from Sacramento. Yeah, that is. It was called the Arco. Center. Was Arco one of the big sponsors? Arco. Is it still up and running, or is it? It ha- it is functioning. Yes. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what the status is down there. Some but, elite long distance runners that but, I know train um, down there. Yeah, but Governor Brown appointed him some commissions. But um, and he's also a trustee of the University of California San Diego, where your daughter graduated, Richard. But there's congratulations, one, yeah, Mia. But now it's grad school. I'm still writing checks. <laughs> but, but there was a um, a press release issued in August of this year. It's kind of a big deal because I know um, uh, Saul has been on the board of this organization. He's the first West Coast president, and he's the incoming president for the Jewish National Fund. And I believe there's a big inaugural event coming up in November in Florida, correct? That's correct. Let's hope some of Assuming Florida is still there. <laughs> you might, our, might, our thoughts and it, prayers go it out might to those be in, You might be in rafts and in, in canoes, but uh, they'll have the event. So, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, Richard, you're absolutely right. We don't know what the – of course, this show airs on Saturday. It's only in two days. It's yeah. supposed to hit yeah. Saturday. So, but anyway – but Sal, uh, the JNF, you tell us about your involvement there, what year you started, and, and what compelled you, and, and uh, why this is so important. And of course, it's a, you're on a, in the midst of a billion-dollar uh, fundraising campaign, which is uh, another another big piece of the puzzle there. So, yeah. So, um, it, how I got involved is uh, sort of interesting. <coughs> I, I knew about the Jewish National Fund, and actually, as a result of uh, there's a iconic tin can mm-hmm. that uh, the Jewish National Fund started in 1901 uh, where people would put uh, their coins in and the purpose of that was to buy the land uh, uh, that would eventually become the land of Israel mm. and to buy it acre by acre or dunum by dunum mm-hmm. and um, so I, I knew about it but never really got involved until 
uh, a, a name which you guys will, most people will recognize in San Diego. Uh, Larry Lawrence called me. Oh, yeah. Sure. So, I know Laurie well. <laughs> and I, I know Laurie well also. So, um, so I got a call from Larry Lawrence, and uh, I happen to have known him from medical uh, relationships. And, and mm-hmm. he said to me, um, he said, uh, are you familiar with the Jewish National Fund? So I, I said, yeah, I'm familiar uh, putting some uh, coins in a box when I was 10 years old. Uh, and he said, well, uh, why don't we get together? I'd like to introduce you to some of the leadership uh, in San Diego it needs some young blood. Now, this was, uh, you know, 35 years ago. So uh, it was young blood. So uh-huh. uh, when Larry Lawrence calls, you meet with him. And sure. uh, I sat down, I met with him. And uh, it was a very compelling story. And uh, my wife and I, Lauren, got involved with the Jewish National Fund about 35 years ago uh, on a local basis where I became the, the president, Lauren uh, is currently the president of the board in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And then uh, several years ago, I went on to the national board. And then, um, surprisingly enough, I was asked to be uh, uh, president uh, starting uh, October, and the inauguration is November in, in Florida. And it's the, um, it's the first time um, that there's a West Coast president uh, of any major uh, Jewish uh, organization yeah. in, uh, so it's uh, it's been centrali- centralized in the past in the Northeast, all, all the presidents and sure, Ron well, Lauder from Estee Lauder and some mm-hmm. others. Well, that's where the bulk of the Jewish population is New York City. We also we always heard that there was a larger Jewish population in New York than Israel. Is that still true? That's or not? still pretty much true. <laughs> pretty much yeah, about even, but uh, okay, yeah. But if you include uh, New York and Miami, I think you do come to okay <laughs> come to that number. Uh, let me ask you, how a large organization, how many members in JNF do we know offhand? You know, uh, it's a lay leader-driven organization. So mm-hmm. what we mean by that is that um, the lay leaders really uh, help to make all the major decisions. Of course, we have a CEO, Russell Robinson. We have uh, uh, other professionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a lay leader-driven organization. It's mm-hmm. probably the largest uh, in its class. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, as you said, we're in the midst of a $1 billion fundraise, which we started a few years ago, and we're proud to say we're at, we're just about halfway there. Right? Mm-hmm. Wow. So, um, and it's, uh, it's very exciting. We do most of the projects that are done with this money. And by the way, unlike some other uh, philanthropic organizations, uh, with the percentage that goes to administration, only 15%, actually a little less than that, goes to administration. And how can our listeners help? Is there a website where they can contribute? or JNF.org, right? JNF.org, right. And we're famous for planting uh, trees in Mm -hmm. Israel. And there's a kind of an interesting story about that, and I'll tell you that real quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've we've planted over 250 million trees in Israel. Remember, it's a desert, so there were no trees. But when you bought the land, the ruling was uh, uh, in that uh, part of the world, was that you uh, had to occupy the land within seven years after you bought it or it becomes open again, mm-hmm. you know, to squatters, mm-hmm. let's say. So in 1901, when, we, when the Jewish National Fund began a building, a buying the land, uh, w- w- there wasn't people to occupy it, so we planted trees. So we consider those as the first soldiers mm-hmm. of Israel. They protected 
the, the, the land. Huh. Uh, now we're building totally different type of projects over in Israel, and it's, well, it's very mi- diverse. You're up to millions of trees now, right, and thousands of parks and, and all that. But Absolutely. We'll, anyway, we're coming up on another break. We'll come up. We're going to talk more with Dr. Saul Lieserbram, incoming president of the Jewish National Fund and other great things right after this. Hang on. All right, we're back with Peter Gunn Music. Very good choice, Justin. We're back with Dr. Saul Lieserbram, incoming president of the Jewish National Fund in the midst of a billion-dollar campaign. They are halfway there, which is very, very impressive. That's $500 million. That is That's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, so how many contributors? That's why you're a CPA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can do that in my head. But at yeah. the break, we were talking about their total membership and contributors, and that was impressive. You want to share that with us? Uh, so the, uh, the Jewish National Fund has about 800 thousand wow. members nationwide hmm that's that's, that's a big that's organization a yeah that's yeah. that's significant um so i know about the the trees the greening of the desert uh tell us some of the other great projects and work that the jnf uh, so the has. jnf uh, is very varied in their projects they look for a need and as i said it's a lay leader driven organization so uh, there's committees lay leader committees that'll go over to israel They'll meet with the communities, and they'll find out what the needs are. And they'll come back, and they'll make reports to the national uh, uh, committee, and um, uh, we, we evaluate these, uh, these requests. And, but I'll give you a quick example. In Sterot, Israel, mm-hmm. um, which is near the Gaza border, uh, the children there, uh, there was a group of, from JNF that went down there, and they didn't see any kids playing after school. Mm. And the reason was that when the Kedusha rockets from Gaza come into Sterot, there's a siren that goes off. You only have 15 seconds mm. to get into a bomb shelter. So these kids never played outside. Is that so, going on to this day? Or they... To this day. So the JNF said, well, we're going to build a bomb-proof indoor playground. <laughs> and uh, raise the money. We went over there and... Uh, and, and it was built. It's a, a, a bomb-proof. Uh, th- it's bomb-resistant, and certain rooms are totally bomb-proof. But it's, it's an indoor playground. It looks like it's the size of a football field. Mm-hmm. And they have everything uh, for kids, and thousands and thousands of kids go there uh, after school now. Their parents can feel safe. And during the day, it's being used by seniors who have senior meetings uh, in a in a bomb resistant bomb proof facility mm-hmm. so um it, it that's just one of the projects we do projects for dis- disabled uh people physically and disabled challenged individuals in in um israel and i'll give you one example there is as you probably know the idf or israeli defense forces mm-hmm. is uh, a, a wonderful organization and all um graduates from high school must go into the IDF, mm-hmm. which is a great training for a few years. Then they go to college. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the children that have some challenges uh, don't get the letter to come in. And they feel sort of they're not contributing. Mm. And so the JNF uh, partnered uh, with this organization called Special in Uniform. And what we do is train these kids on, could be an Air Force base, an Army base, how to do some type of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but they go through the training and they get uh, they get a, a, an official ID card. They get their uniform, the beret, and they go through a ceremony, a graduation ceremony, like any IDF member would get. Mm-hmm. And when you're sitting in that audience, 
there isn't a dry eye because hmm. these kids are in wheelchairs or they're really yeah. physically or mentally challenged, yeah. yet they're part of society they're and they're part of the IDF and they get their beret and they get their official card. Wow. wow. That's something else. Of course, if you, got, if you have computer skills today, you can probably find your, uh, yourself a position in, in the military. I just got a tour of uh, this new ship. Um, uh, Lori Black actually set it up for me. Um, with Captain Scott Tate. And, Zumwalt. Yeah, the Zumwalt. And, oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> it's like being on the uh, USS Enterprise, the spaceship Enterprise in the water. I mean, it's uh, so you really need technical skills uh, today. In absolutely, the, absolutely. And that probably would help uh, over in the IDF. Um, the greening of Israel is a phenomenon. Uh, I had friends that go, went over and visited uh Tell us, uh, tell us what Israel's done in that, and I'm sure J, J, uh, JNF has also helped in that regard, right? Yeah, absolutely. Out, you, you know that drip irrigation was, uh, was created in Israel, and it was out of necessity. Sure. Uh, and uh, Water. Sure. Water's a big issue. Just we like we had Sherry Arison on our show. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you know that. Um, yeah. And California, uh, Jerry Brown and, and Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu, mm-hmm. signed a mem- memorandum of understanding mm-hmm. uh, because we both uh, suffer California and Israel. So 10 years ago, Israel was really destitute when it came to water. So the JNF uh, got together, built uh, reservoirs, desalinization up and down the state. So just to let you know that 10 years later, we're now exporting water to Jordan, Mm. selling water, because Israel has done such a good job. 80% of the water is reclaimed in Israel. It's the highest anywhere in the world. How about that? Who knew? Um, and then the parks, I mean, it is green. Uh, friends have visited, and they said you can see where, you know, one entity ends and the next begins because, you know, Israel is this flush with, lush with, with greenery, and then it, it, it ends at some point, uh, you know, when you it get It does, in. it does, especially uh, in the uh, Negev in the south. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that is uh, 60% of the land of Israel is in the Negev, which is all mm-hmm. desert, and only 8% of the population. Mm-hmm. So there's a big concentration in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem and some other areas. Mm-hmm. So the JNF uh, decided that they were going to make that a project, which was years ago, Ben-Gurion said, we have to uh, occupy the desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they, uh, they helped fund the technology that uh, there's, they're growing vegetables in the sand now and mm-hmm. importing them to Italy and mm-hmm. other parts of Europe. So uh, that's going on. In addition, the JNF said, well, look, if you want to bring people down here in business, um, you need uh, medical facilities, you need fire facilities. Mm-hmm. So we built those. So there's, uh, now there's affordable housing for young couples because uh, a young couple can't buy a house in Tel Aviv. It's the same cost as buying in Manhattan. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like the Manhattan of... Wow. Yeah. You can't do it. Huh. So we're build- we have a housing fund. We're, we're assisting in the building of housing and uh, and the financing for these young families. And uh, so they move down. So industry moves down there. The families move down there. And then they have the facilities, whether it's playgrounds or river walks and, and medical facilities, uh, you know, a- everything that you need to have a thriving community mm-hmm. right in the desert. But it is green because of the technology of growing. 
Now, that's great. We could probably learn some lessons from that in this country. Of course, you know, Israel, the total population is, what, 10 million or so? Or, right. And, and uh, of course, we've got a country of 320 million. It's a little difficult. To... We almost have 10 million <laughs> in Los Angeles alone. <laughs> but um, Well, you can do it state by state. That's right? correct. Exactly. you got to do it in little pieces. I mean, yeah, that's, exactly. the, that's the whole thing. But, um, you know, such great, great projects and, and um so when do you anticipate the fund to be uh, fully funded? You, you another, how long is your term, by the way? Is it four years? Or? It, it, uh, it will be four years. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a great professional staff, but, you know, a phenomenal uh, lay leadership around the country. And uh, what we like to say, it's different than some other uh, philanthropic organizations. Uh, they're all good. They're all great. They all mm-hmm. have great causes. But when you go to one of their organizational meetings or you go to a conference, Everybody shakes their hand. When you go to the JNF, uh, Jewish National Fund Conference, everybody's hugging each other. <laughs> so we like to say it's like a, the, the JNF family. Ah. And it, that's how it sort of has evolved. And everybody is, uh, is uh, important mm-hmm. and contributes. And it's a, great. it's a great uh, opportunity. It's great to be involved. That's great. Now, as far as now, you, you've sold Health Fusion. Uh, how are you spending your life? These are traveling. I know you've been married 45 years. Three grandchildren, two children. Forty-six years. Forty-six years. Uh, He's now a full-time we got, volunteer. We got to Joe. Update the bio. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so we're very fortunate that we have uh, two children that live, uh, and they both live in San Diego. Our daughter Marcy, who has two children, Jake and 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 Rachel, and our son David, who has David and Mana, and they have a, a son Miles, and they're all in San Diego. So we're very fortunate. So we we spend more time there, but. Uh, we're uh, my myself and uh, again my two uh, partners that started Health Fusion are looking at some more innovation in the healthcare field. Mm, it definitely needs that. So, well, Dr. Salizer Brown, thank you so much for being our guest. It has been an honor and a pleasure. Thank and, you for uh, having me. Our pleasure. And Richard Musio, always great to see you. We have more on the Battle of Sexes coming up. More in, coming up in the next two shows. Justin yeah. Hart, our board operator. Thanks for making it sound terrific. Thanks to Dave Sniff, uh, Dave Sniff, and Craig Blanky. Over here at KFMB for making it sound uh, for work to work with us. All these podcasts are commercial free on iwamoney.com. I'm going to go take a rest. Take care. <laughs>